the pictures of the year and the girl who sat for it was lovely perfectly exquisite Deverell found her and she sat to no one but to him and flint who is his great chum you know one day she did not turn up as usual it was the first time she had ever failed him and Deverell fancied something unforeseen had kept her at home swore a little and thought no more about it Till late in the evening, the girl's father came to inquire at what time his daughter had left the studio. Then it turned out that she had not gone home the previous night, and she never did go home. They searched for her high and low, had the canal dragged, put on detectives, and advertised for weeks, but it wasn't the least use. She had vanished off the face of the earth, and not a word has been heard of her from that day to this. Bolted with someone, I suppose, said Maine conclusively. No, that was the odd part of it. Her name had never been mixed up with a man's. She wasn't that sort of a young woman at all. When they searched her home, they found no letters, nothing that gave the smallest clue to any affair of the kind. Besides, she took no clothes with her, absolutely nothing. Deverell was in despair. She was sitting for Inini Forsaken. The picture he painted for McCandlish, the colonial millionaire, and he had not quite finished it. I can't tell you how much he spent over trying to find her. After that, he threw up the classic and went in for scriptural subjects. Queer fellow, Deverell, concluded Fawcett, lighting a fresh cigarette. Would any other man exile himself for three years in some stinking Arab village for the sake of painting his virgins and disciples on the spot? Luckily for me, he went, said Maine, or I should have lost the chance of a rattling good studio. Well, if we really mean to dine with Mrs. Lockhart at seven, I must dress. There is some sherry and a bottle of Angostura bitters in that cupboard, and here is a glass. Help yourself while you are waiting. I shall not be long. Mrs. Lockhart was noted for her little dinners. Covers were invariably laid for eight, and both guests and menu was selected with infinite care. Under the congenial influences of good wine and good company, Maine forgot his grievances, and it was not till the two men were parting for the night that he again recurred to the subject of the model. Fawcett was going to the club, the artist to St. John's Wood. Don't forget to ask for that girl's address, he said, as he stepped into his hansom, and the other nodded assent. In the artistic world, Gordon Maine was generally spoken of as a rising man. He had been rising for several years without having attained any considerable height. Not that his work wasn't good, for it was, and the dealers seldom left anything on his hands. But since his first exhibit on the walls of Burlington House, he had produced nothing very striking, and the critics, who had prophesied great things of the creator of Pelagia, Felt they had been taken in and let him know it. By portraits and potboilers, a man may gain lucre but not fame, and Gordon had begun to realise that it was high time he should be represented in the summer exhibitions by something more important than young ladies in evening gowns and the pretty green and grey landscapes with which city gentlemen of artistic predilections like to adorn their suburban dining rooms. He had waited a long time for an inspiration, and at last the inspiration had come. On the afternoon following Mrs. Lockhart's dinner, Maine was busily engaged in roughing out his idea with a bit of charcoal. A single female figure, 
three-quarter length and life-size, against a curtained doorway. The left hand drew aside heavy draperies. The right hand raised the veil from the face. The picture was to be called Avenged, and the expression of the woman was to convey its own story to the spectator. If only he could find an adequate model, Maine felt the composition must prove a success. He was sensible of an enthusiasm for the subject, which had latterly been wanting in his work, and he was deeply engrossed in the sketch when someone knocked at the outer door. It was a low, almost timid knock, which had to be twice repeated before the artist's attention was fairly arrested. Rather reluctantly, he rose to answer the summons. It was almost dark outside, and his eyes, dazzled by the bright lights of the studio, took in with difficulty the lineaments of the woman standing on the threshold. She did not speak, only stood looking wistfully.